know the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k23 myself momuncio alongside me as always the one and only mr bj armstrong bj how are you doing today my brother hey i'm glad to see you back in your, your celtics gear real name no gimmicks That's celtics it. are back you feeling better huh you feeling better about your uh about your trade, huh? No, not not at all. If you want to see the the jersey, I don't know if you can see the jersey, BJ. What does it say? Uh, We're in a state smart. of mourning here. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds um, good. No, still not happy. Um, never will be. I don't think I'll ever. This is like the first time your first ever girlfriend breaks up with you. You never really recover. I mean, you, oh, you think you do, but you never really do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, wow. Yeah, heartbreak. You, you, you know what? That's a, that's a, that's a new generation. Of well, things. no. So it got me thinking, right? <laughs> it got me thinking, right? Okay. People support teams in the NBA, but what are you really supporting? Are you someone who just supports the franchise, the organization, the logo, whatever the people running it do? Do you support? a player we see a lot of people who are like lebron fans and they'll support whatever team he goes to or are you someone who supports the franchise because you they play a style of basketball you like like you may be a, be a, a fan of the run tmc warriors or you may be a fan of the seven seconds or less sons or do you support a team because of their cultural identity and the players that have built out over years and years and years that's what i was really thinking about like what makes you really root for a team because i'm like Okay, looking at this team now, Boston, yeah, they're going all in for a championship. But I was like, it's way more fun to root for a team when they're bad than when they're good. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, yeah, there's a there's a lot of different reasons. You know, like, I, I, I thought about that. I had you more know, I fun. I thought about that. Yeah, I, I had more that. fun when it was Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, Jared Sullinger, Kelly Olenek than I will have this season even though they're a much better team this season. Do you see what I mean? Because then every win meant more. Now it's if you don't win a game, it's like, what the hell's going on? So it's more fun to root for a team that's... Because, of course, that's different to now where teams are just tanking. They were still trying to make the playoffs and whatnot. So that's what I've been thinking about. But aside from that, we've got a lot to talk about. The NBA draft took place. Okay. You managed to get mm -hmm. some rest because I know that's a busy day on your calendar. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, the draft now just it, it's really just fashion it's a fashion day fashion week it's, no, i know no it's not it's about not. the draft i have to object to that because okay. we saw some outfits so horrendous that they would never be seen in a fashion parade show whatever you want to call it the red suit isn't the that, red that sparkly what fashion is? suit you're, did you see the kid with the yourself. red suit that was crazy oh, i saw it that I was a it. crazy fit yeah, yeah, i think I scoot it. henderson's fit was hard though you see scoot's suit that was cold. Uh, I, I, the red one, though. Like I said, let's just have fashion week. Like, let's just talk about the fashion. I mean, that's better than, you know, we, we, we want to talk so, about. So I, where did you watch the draft from? Were you in your office when you watched the draft? Yes, office. So, yeah, so the office. obviously you pretty much know who's going to be picked before they get picked, right? But watching it on TV, do you watch it on ESPN? ESPN2 had a more analytical show. Uh, we just Shams had a big, you know, had, we had like a, we had it on, yeah, we had, we, we had everything available that was covering the draft. So, so I had um, um, the League Pass stream on, which was feeding in mm -hmm. ABC, ESPN. They had Stephen A. Smith. They had Fat Joe make an appearance. And I'm sat there watching it like, why do I care for what Fat Joe thinks about these players? Respectfully, 
to Joey Crack. Um, it, it was weird, but I thought let's give some insights here. Which pick is going to look the best in five, ten years from now? Not which player is going to look the best, because obviously Wemby's there, da, 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 da. but which team do you think got the most value relative to their position in last night's draft? Well, that's such a big that's such a big question, Mo, because you don't know who these guys are. They're all so young. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're 18, 19 years of age, right? So this is it's literally Russian roulette. You you don't know. The draft isn't the draft as we thought about it when Akeem Olajuwon or Patrick Ewing or Shaquille O'Neal, because those guys were all ready to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that, Mo. Those guys came in and they were ready to play. David Robinson came in ready to play. Tim Duncan. Shaquille O'Neal, Allen Iverson, Magic Johnson. Okay, Magic, you know all these guys are ready to play. Okay, you know now, now we're coming in. All right, I think we all agree. Wimbenyama is he's a generational talent, right? That's the word that's being thrown around. Okay, but when is it going to happen? Okay, all of these players, whether it's Brandon Miller, Scoop Henderson, all these kids, you know. The Thompson twins. It's going to be four or five years before we figure out. Okay, this guy is going to be could be X. He'll be only be twenty four years of age. Yeah. So, you, you know, we we don't know the draft. We have to look at the draft for what it is now. Now, literally, it's you're just picking a player based on his potential, and then you'll see how quickly those players can take potential off of their name. Hmm. That's what that's basically what it is. Now, we won't know who these players are to six, seven, eight years from today. Mm-hmm. That's when we're going to expect them to, to be professionals, right? We're going they're going to be physically ready to withstand the grind. They will have experience on the job. They will have hopefully many of them will have played in meaningful games. Thinking about this, Mo, many of these kids have never played in a meaningful game. Yeah, especially like the Thompson Twins coming out of Overtime Elite with respect yeah, to Overtime and what they do. It's not really a, the world's yeah, watching you play yeah, NCAA March Madness so, Final. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So again, but like, I have no idea. I mean, you could just say things, but I don't want to be irresponsible. Okay, let's, what let's I look at it from a but different I, angle. I, but I, I will say this. The player that has, to me, just watching is 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 Victor. Mm. Because Victor, Victor has all of the essentials that you're looking for. He should be an elite defender. He should be an elite offensive player. He should rebound. be an elite passer. He should be an elite rebounder. He can shoot the basketball. So when you say what it what is it going to take? Well, he has it. However, Mo, there's some question marks there. Believe it or not, Mo, we're playing in an era still of small ball. Even though Jokic. And company in Denver won the championship last the year. The last five MVPs have been seven footers. Okay. They've been seven footers. However, none of them have played the center position. Jokic. Except Jokic. Embiid. In, it, okay. Two of the three. I'm, I'm talking about the NBA finals. I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Okay. The, yeah. The, 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 the MVPs, right? Jokic, Embiid, and that's it. And then, okay, if you Giannis is seven feet, but he's not a center. Mm. So it's it's a small ball error still, still to this day. And, and if Jokic or MB 
win it this year. Now the league will make a shift because now we'll say small ball is probably done with. And now we got to get bigs. But we don't have to go down that path again. Yeah. So, but if you're saying based on the way the game looks, Wimby, Wimby Yama should be able to adjust his game, whether it goes small or whether it goes big. And he's like the only one that's that I see right now that's capable of going back and forth. Now, you know, it's not to say that he'll be better than Jokic or MB in the next five years or Giannis. However, as he matures, as he ages, as he begins to get strength and all those things, he should be able to play at an elite level and maybe take it to another place where maybe those guys can't even get to. I mean, he's he has the potential to do that. However, it's still potential right now. All right, let's take it from a different angle. You're a Detroit Pistons fan. You guys had the fifth pick in the draft. You got Assad Thompson, yes. who you were very, very keen on before when we spoke about the players mm-hmm, to look out mm-hmm. for. How do you see him fitting in with the Pistons? You know, the thing that I I, I I like about him as a young player is he's a tough kid. I mean, if him or his brother ended up being Rick of the Year, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, mm-hmm. he, well, they're, they're, they're fascinating players, right? They defend right now. They're six, 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 seven, and they're tough. And they defend. And he's about 200. He looks every bit 215 to 220 right now to me. Like, Mo, you're talking about guys who are like ready. You know, you look at it, you go, man, that kid, like, imagine playing against somebody in high school, six, seven, 220 in high school. Crazy. And just chiseled. Yeah, yeah. So, Mo, th- their bodies are ready. And athletically, Mo, I mean, they are. Oh, yeah, they're crazy. Those. Yeah, they are those type of athletes, okay? Fast twitch, run, jump, strong. But the thing that I really like about them is they defend, both of them, at an elite level. I mean, they should be all defensive players, all league defensive players, okay? I think offensively, one played the point guard, the one that's going to Houston, and he's like, wow. I mean, well, he's, he's he's, he's not a player who's mimicking the position. I think Emi Doka, that was a good pick for his personality because they're they both have aggressive personalities on the floor. Mm. They're like Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. those type of personality. They're very aggressive. So I think both of those guys, I mean, Mo, they could very well, very well be, you know. Rookie of the Year candidates. Yeah, I mean, I mean, okay. Wemby's mm-hmm. going to take some time to settle in. Perhaps he might be yes. great instantly. He might take some time to settle in. We don't know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Miller's in Charlotte, which is kind of a disaster most of the time. Um, Henderson's in Portland with Dame and playing alongside Dame on the assumption that Dame is still there. Right, you're not going to get the amount of touches and stuff that you need to be a Rookie of the Year. So one of the Thompson twins could run away with it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, if you, I would say I think his name is Amen. I think that's how you yeah. pronounce it. I think he probably, if you're just saying who's going to get the most opportunities, because he's going to have the ball in his hand. Yeah, but he's got Jalen so Green, I, Kevin Porter Jr. Like, there's yeah, a lot. but I think Houston have, Doka, a, Houston have got a lot of young talent. Yeah, but I, but, but in Adoka, I believe, and Adoka is he's not messing around with all of this. He's he, he, he he is, is a straight shooter. Yeah, he's not messing. He's not messing around with all of this. Well, we're going to see what we got and all of that. 
No, he's going to come right at it. Okay. He's going to try to win. Now, he's not only going to try to win. I think he's going to figure out who's in, who's in the, who's on the bus and who's off the bus. Yeah. Okay. And this kid, amen, Thompson. Mm-hmm. Now, Mo, I think the kid, I mean, Mo, he, he's a six, seven athlete who can pass and defend right now. His shot and all that stuff, that will come. But he can defend and pass. And, Mo, he can play. When I tell you he can play downhill, Mo, no, he can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think they're going to just give the ball to him and then everyone else is going to have to figure it out. That's what it. That's what I see now. Now, obviously, I'm not there, practice, da-da-da-da-da-da. But if you're just saying right now what I see, I would give him the ball and say, okay, let's see how the other players are going to adjust around him. Mm-hmm. And then I would keep everyone else and I'll saying, okay, here's the guy that's going to have the ball. Let's figure it out from there. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, one player that many people were surprised dropped so far down in the draft also went to Houston and that's Cam Whitmore. Yes. Do you know yes. the reason there was lots of speculation, whether it be medical reasons, well, personality reasons, interview reasons, why he dropped so far? Cause a lot of people had him going top 10, maybe some even higher. Well, you, you, listen, I don't know. Um, however, I, I will share, like, you know, I, I suspect when you see players fall like this at this at this age, there it must have it must be something due to the medical. Mm. Okay. I suspect. I don't know. Um, I I and so I I if you're asking me what I think, that's probably I would take a good guess. He's too good of a player. I mean, well, he's too good of a player. It's not talent. Yeah, okay. People don't interview well. Okay, great. There's been a lot of players who didn't interview well. However, can they put? Can they defend, rebound, pass, put the ball to the basket? Well, that'll trump that. We'll work on the personality part of it later. Mm-hmm. So I think with his age, and you know, you know, he was heavily scouted this year. I heard a lot of people were talking about him. So I would think most probably something. They came up with his medical. Um, however, you know, again, you know, we talked about a medical thing just the other day. It's always subjective. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and be Michael Porter Jr., like loads of players have yeah, medical. Yeah, it's things. always subjective. So hopefully, whatever it is, you know, they'll figure it out. But for the kid's sake, I hope he uses this as fuel to the fire. Yeah. And that he comes out and plays because he hasn't mo he he is that level of talent i mean mo he could be like one of those guys we look back and go he was the steal of the draft mm-hmm. i mean mo he's that's who i had in my head when i asked the original question at the start of the show because yeah. houston have got a guy that they were considering with the fourth pick at the 20th pick yeah so i'm saying he he so it must be something mo that that is that's why that's why i'm saying it has something to do with the medical because you don't have a talent fall unless it nine times out of 10 more times than not. That's probably what it is. Okay. We saw a few trades on draft night, no earth sharing trades. The Mavericks uh, made a trade with the Kings to acquire Rashawn Holmes. And they also made a trade with the Mavericks to dump Davis Bertans contract to clear up some space. I think they've got more money now to pay Kyrie Irving and get another free agent mm-hmm. over there in mm-hmm. Dallas. What do you think Dallas are trying to do here? Who do you think they've got their eye on, assuming they re-sign Kyrie? 
I'm going to assume, though, that they're trying to get a defensive player like Finney Smith. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the ball handling duties. Yeah, that's I no have more. yet to see Luca. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think. I mean, there's no more the basketball to go around. Kyrie or Luca. Yeah, that's, mean, that's enough. Okay, so, you know, I mean, when you think about it, okay, so everyone says Kyrie has the best handles in the league, right? Everyone, Apparently, you know, it's yeah. kind of. They some say he has the best. Luca is not going to give up the ball, nope. so Luca is going to handle that ball. Okay, now you have Kyrie who needs the ball, and then you know you would you would you know probably would say they probably need a third score, but I don't think you could have a third score because someone's got to defend, right? Because yeah. Luca, because Kyrie now is going to have to defend the other team's point guard. So that means Luca's going to defend the two or the three, right? Because you mm-hmm. always hear me talk about where's Luca going to defend, because Luca plays the whatever the lead guard position. So I would assume, oh, they're going to need a top-notch defender, right? Maybe, Maybe a Dylan Brooks, a Dylan Brooks or somebody like that. Yes, there you go. Yeah, I mean, Finney Smith was perfect for Dallas, but they had to include him in the trade for uh, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving. But a trade that happened before the draft that we haven't yet spoken about because it happened just after our last episode is the Golden State Warriors acquiring Chris Paul in exchange for Jordan Paul. The Wizards finally get a first-round pick in a trade, even though it's top 20 protected. Um, Let's start from the Wizards' side with Jordan Paul, because I think this guy can go out there and put up 30 points a game now. He's extremely talented. He doesn't have to play alongside a guy who knocks him out in the preseason. Um, There's going to be lots of (laughs) shots available for him to take. I mean... (laughs) We may just see a repeat of history where he goes to Washington, puts up great numbers, because if you look at his NBA career so far and Bradley Beal for the last two years, as in Jordan Poole's last two years compared to Bradley Beal when he was that age, the stats are almost identical. So there is a world where Jordan Poole goes to Washington, plays, puts up amazing numbers and gets the Bradley Beal Supermax for his next contract and they start this merry-go-round all over again. Well, you know, listen, you know, it, the, the recipe, the formula for a player will always remain the same. Minutes plus shots equals player. Equals stats. Equals, yeah, well, you got to, you got to execute, you know, you can, you can get your minutes. You can take a lot of shots, but if you don't make them, yeah, you know, you, you don't have any stats. Mm-hmm. Shots plus minutes equals player. Now that's the formula. Now, you know, Jordan Poole is not going to be fighting for minutes, right? We all fight for minutes, but, I mean, I mean, the guy is playing behind Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Yeah. What do you want from the guy? Yeah. What do you want from this young guy, okay? Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, being a young player, I get it. Like, you, you want to – and when he played and when he was starting – he was putting up 20 points a game. He kept them like this is we'll get on to the Warriors side of things, but during the regular season, they're gonna really miss him. Uh, no doubt. Okay, no doubt. Now, so here here's what I think. Jordan Poole, there's been a lot of talk about da-da-da-da-da-da. Just go there and play. Availability, you know, he seems to be durable, even though he's you know, he's a slight build. Built, you know, but he seems to be durable. He'll play. He'll get his shots up. 
and we'll figure out what it is. You know, I, I kind of like a little bit him and Tyus Jones. We'll see what it is. I'm not expecting them to win games, but do I think he can get 20 a night? Absolutely. Do I think, you know, he'll have maybe some 30, 40 point games? Yep. Absolutely. Well, so we'll see. You know, we'll of, see what it is. A lot of the Wizards moves that we've talked about before, you've spoken a lot about them clearing money off their books. Whereas mm-hmm. yes. Jordan Poole next season is the first year of his four year, $128 million extension kicking in. So do you think the Wizards are looking at Jordan as someone they can really build around as their franchise moves forward in this rebuild? Or is he just there to, we wanted the first you round know, pick and we'll see how it goes. I, I, you know, I'm seeing this business change, right? You know, every eight, 10 years or so it changes. You know, it's fun to say build around because that's how we used to think of these franchises, right? You get a player, you build around this player, you see what you got, you keep it for six to eight years, 10 years, if you're lucky. And then you, you know, those are your guys. Well, that's not how the business is, is anymore, right? We have these guys on rookie scale deals. And if you determine he's not a franchise player, you move on in a year or two. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it is now. That's just, they move on, right? Yep. They're not even waiting two, three years. They're not even, you know, they're letting guys, they're not even, you know, qualifying these players anymore from their rookie scale deal, which was unheard of probably six, seven, eight years ago. Now it's like, ah, well, we don't think he's going to be good next. And we'll move right on. Okay. So what I think, I think they have a player that at his number is a tradable contract. That's what I think. I I think all these deals And then it slowly progresses up to 34 in his final year. Yeah. I think these are, I think this is a, this is a deal where they're saying, okay, we know he's a 20 point scorer. So you got a 20 point score at 20 in in 25, $27 million. All right. It's about right. this league now is all about transactions. They're just making transactional moves. If if you're going to get played 27 million, you're going to impact winning or you're going to put up stats because do I think he's a rotational player? Absolutely. Do I think for a good player who's going to average 20 points a game to average in 20 points a game and, and gets $27 million a year. That's eh, about right. It's about right. Now we can argue whether or not, the value of that 20 points a game, but all right, you're getting a rotational player for 20 for $25 million. Whose draft value trade value is going to increase the more stats he puts up. Yeah. And I, and and he will have every opportunity to do that. So I I think that's for what the wizards are trying to do. If he goes there and, and averages 24, 25 a night, there will be a team. That's going to say they're going to, we need this guy because they're not going anywhere. You know the story, Mo. Yep. Well, they're not going into playoffs. We can get him. I mean, he could come off the bench. He knows that role. I mean, he could easily be Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, or those guys. I mean, Mo, who can't use a guy like that? That's what I'm saying. Like, you I mean, know, he's, okay. he's a champion already. He's only 24. That's what I'm saying. So I, I, I think this kid has value. It's a tough situation. Maybe, you know, he did or didn't handle it correctly or whatever, however you want to look at it or spin it. But I'm excited to see him play. I really am. I'm excited to see how he's going to adjust. And you know what? Well, and it's probably unfair, but 
he's going to be 24 and he's going to be looked at one of the guys that's going to have to step up to a leadership position at his age. Mm-hmm. Right. He may be one of the most accomplished players on the team. Yeah, he is. Coming he's, up this year. he's a champion. That's it. Um, Switching to the Golden Sites, Golden State side of things. You know, we talked a lot in this playoffs with their matchup against the Kings, how it's all about pushing the pace. If they face the Kings this season, they've just swapped Jordan Poole, who can push the ball, go out and score, for someone who's number one, often injured in the playoffs, and number two, wants to slow the pace of the game down in Chris Poole. Why does this move make sense for the Golden State Warriors? Well, if we think in a traditional sense, when we think about the Warriors, we would, we would, and rightfully so, they play with pace. They play with space, ball movement, player movement. They're one of the fastest teams. They are the leader of this new small ball era in the way we play. Now, over the last 10 years, they've been head and shoulders ahead or above everyone else in this style of play. I think Coach Kerr, and company. And I, and, cause I think he is one of the brightest coaches in the NBA. He's one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the NBA, him and Spolster. Mm-hmm. He's saying, okay, everyone else is caught up to us. Now we're going to have to change the way we play. That's what I think. So, and, 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 and here's where here, this is, well, I, I get excited when I see coaches do things because I go, at least he's at least he's thinking, at mm-hmm. least he's trying. You know what I mean? Like you and I will watch a game and we are like the other team will score like five times in a row and the coach doesn't call a timeout or change something. You go, is he seeing the same game we're seeing? John Mazzula. <laughs> okay. Well, you said that. Yeah, I said it. I'm still mad. But here's <laughs> here's what Steve Kerr is doing, in my opinion. Yes. Which I agree with. Everyone's caught up to him. Everyone's caught up to the Warriors. The Sacramento Kings play the Warriors style of basketball better than the Warriors do right yep. now. We can talk about the Kings <laughs> in a sec because okay. we'll lead to that. Denver plays the Warriors style of basketball better than the Warriors do right now. There's a number of teams that have caught up to the Warriors, right? Whether it's age or they've got a they've they've you know they've adjusted teams. They get comfortable. Teams are doing a better job of defending the perimeter, but everyone seems to have a guy that can play and mimic the way that the Warriors play. If you want to be a good team, there are certain areas that you that you can really improve in. And one of the areas you can improve in and be as good or the best is your six through like eight guys. Right? So... Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about Steph, and you should talk about Steph. And everyone should talk about Clay and Draymond. Those guys should get the headlines. But why were they the best? Because their six through eight guys were always elite. In particular, this one guy, Andre Iguodala. Yep. Okay? Andre Iguodala was an elite player. He was literally, he, he was the sixth starter. And then they had other guys like Sean Livingston. Mm-hmm. And these guys were coming Barbosa. off the and, and Mark, remember they had uh, West and all of yep. those guys. David Barbosa, West, Maurice David Bates. West. Okay, all right. So to me, what made the Warriors the Warriors in that area was Andre Iguodala. 
So now I'm looking at Chris Paul going. And there, and I, I mentioned this to you maybe four or five times throughout the playoffs this year. I go, God, this dude, Kyle Lowry, he keeps showing up. Yeah. Because Kyle Lowry was a starter, an all-star, da-da-da, da-da-da. But he organizes and he stabilizes the bench. Mm-hmm. So when other coaches go to their bench, you're like, you just hope the bench doesn't fall apart, you know, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. But when Kyle Lowry comes in the game, you're like, he may be better. He's the he starting caliber player on the bench. On the bench. So now what I think Steve Kerr is doing is going, okay, maybe our starting five isn't as elite as the other starting five. Like, I don't care what they do. They're not going to be better than the, the, Denver. the Denver Nuggets starting five. Yeah. They're arguably not as good as Sacramento starting five or whatever. You can argue all of these things, but where they could be is if they can get CP three to stabilize the bench with Kuminga coming off. Now you're talking. That's what I see. Mm-hmm. I'm going, okay, Steve, because now CP three will stabilize everything coming off the bench. And now CP3 has been known throughout his career is one thing he can do is he can play with athletes. He -hmm. can play with an athlete and Kaminga is an athlete. Now I think Kaminga, if they keep him and he, he comes off the bench, Kaminga will make the biggest jump Mm -hmm. because CP3 now will stabilize the bench. Steve will trust CP3. Yeah, on the bench, and now he can play and play a different brand of basketball than what the first guys will play. You understand what I'm saying here, Mo? Yeah, I see what right? you're saying. So when 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 so you take Andre Iguodala. When Andre Iguodala came into the game, he gave the 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 bench a presence, but when he played with the starters, they were totally different. Yeah, that's when they started it's, the whole death lineup of the small ball. Now you're talking. So I think CP3 will give them a totally different look. So what what coaches used to do in in the 80s and the 90s, you always look for a guard who could change the tempo of the game that was different than your starting guard. Mm-hmm. Right? So you always look for these little small guards who could come in, push the pace push the pace like Muggsy Bowes and yeah. Spud Webb and those little guards who play different than Doc Rivers and, you know, there's other Mark guys Jackson like D Brown, for instance. Yeah. You know, when he was coming off the bench, he was different than, you know, was it uh, Dennis Johnson and yep. those guys? TJ. You know, coming. Yeah. Okay. So Chris Paul is a different player, but I think he can stabilize and give the second unit confidence because he knows how to manage a game. That's what I think. I yeah, think I, it's time for the Warriors. I, I'd say this last thing. I think it's time for the Warriors to play a different brand of basketball because, Mo, they're not the best at that style anymore. The other thing to add to that, they can't play that same style. The reason why you're talking Thank about you. that six through eight is when you really look at their rotation, some of the guys you mentioned, Sean Livingston was a point guard, but he was six foot seven. They have obviously Draymond Green, go, Andre Iguodala. Then they had Harrison Barnes. They had um, even Brandon Rush one year. They had basically 
at all times, at least two six foot seven or above solid defenders who could switch. So the Warriors could switch everything, right? So Mm -hmm. they no longer have that because what you get in terms of controlling the game in CP3, you don't get the athleticism and the defense that Andre Godal used to bring. So they have to change their style. The other thing that entered my mind, there's a lot of smoke um, around Draymond Green and the Sacramento Kings because Draymond is exactly what the Sacramento Kings need in terms of a veteran presence who's been there and won and an elite defender. And they can play in the front court with Sabonis, allegedly, if you can play two shooters. And a lot of people are saying his relationship with Mike Brown and whatnot, and the Kings have now, through some moves, got $35 million of cap space. Some people are expecting the Kings to throw some money at Draymond, more than what the Warriors can offer, to see if he would go over and play in Sacramento. So he didn't have to uproot his life, it's just down the road, blah, blah, blah. And then, with that in mind, is this something that the Warriors are cautious about, that they may potentially lose Draymond, who declined his player option, and some of that playmaking, that's why they've also got Chris Paul. Well, you have to be prepared for anything. Okay, you have to be prepared. And again, let's you and I now play, you know, NBA executive. My favorite game after NBA 2K23. Well, what we know is playmaking is at a premium because the best players have the ability to not only score, but they can facilitate. And the best player right now Okay, or the champion right now is a phenomenal passer. I don't care, regardless of what, what position. Mm-hmm. So we know playmaking is at an all-time premium, especially the way we play today. Why? Because everyone is shooting threes. We're playing with pace, and we're always playing with the space. And this guy, Jokic, does it as well as anyone, and he can score. So, yes, do you need facilitators? Absolutely. You don't care where they're from because we know that passing is one of the most dominant things in today's game because we're the Golden State Warriors are on an average mode. They average over 300 passes per game. Mm-hmm. That's one of Steve Kerr's traits that all his teams, they are going to pass the ball. So if they do lose Draymond, which that could happen, let's face it, we've seen stranger things happen, right? We think he's coming back, da da da, all of a sudden. Team X says this is the perfect fit. And maybe there's a number that they're not going to go above or be. But if it, if it does happen that way, well, they have another guy who can facilitate. And we know, Mo, in today's game, we can play three three guards. Yeah. Well, Chris Paul, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson can play together. And then they'll build around that, right? They can put Kaminga at the four. What's the name at the five? And then yeah. let's say well, let's whatever it is they can do. So this is I'm the not worry. saying it will happen. Even if they keep Draymond, the worry is like Paul wasn't a good defender and he wasn't that particularly big, but now they are super small with Chris Paul added to this team. When you think about Denver, who has a size advantage at every single position, how can the Warriors possibly compete with that? Well, again, you you know what? You play. You know, it, it's not like, listen, we can talk about what can, how can they match up? But they're going to have to match up on the other end, too. They're going to have to match up. All right, mm-hmm. you're just going to screen roll them. We know what they're going to do. We're going to screen roll them, spread them out, attack the bigs, attack, you know, whoever they want to feel the attack. I don't know, Michael Porter, whoever it is they want to attack. They're going to attack. They they can do something. You got Steph Curry on your team. You can figure out oh, something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay? 
you're going to have, and they're going to have to defend on the perimeter. So, yeah, is it going to be tough for them to defend? But yeah, every team is going to be tough to defend Denver right now because they're, and they're going to be more confident, believe it or not, this year than they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. But it'd be interesting to see what they're going to do. I, I think, you know, it's interesting, but it at least gives them an ability to change how they're going to play. I think it's time for the Warriors to change how they play because the game, it, it, it always changes. It always evolves. And now I think the game is evolving. I mean, now we're talking about the best playmaker is a center. We're yep. just three years ago. We said the center position, we devalue the, in, the position altogether. Right. You know, no one wanted to play with the center until Jokic and Embiid and these guys, you know, came around. So, you know, that's how the game moves and we'll see how it plays out. But I, I think it's a good move for the organization, the Warriors, to have Chris Paul until everything shakes out. So I was expecting a lot of trades on draft night. We didn't see that many. We've now got six, five, six days until free agency begins. Free agency begins July 1st, right? Mm-hmm. Do you expect to see a lot of moves before then? Well, I, I expect I expect movement. And the reason I expect movement is because everyone is preparing themselves for this new, you know, CBA, collective mm-hmm. bargaining agreement that was just agreed to. So everyone is going to shift. The teams that feel they can win are going to try to better their team. And I think the teams who want to, uh, you know, align themselves with the new agreement are going to do so, right? I'm not saying they're tanking, but let's just say they're tanking. They're tanking. <laughs> and and I just think now everyone's going to take this opportunity and you saw in the draft and they're going to take their opportunity to get themselves aligned up into the philosophy that, you know, they've, you know, that they've agreed to. So, um, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of movement. I, I, you know, listen, the Washington Wizards to be, you know, they, they were very aggressive. And they were very aggressive by saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get these salaries off of our books, right? They, Bradley Beal, Porzingis, they took some salaries back. And now I think they're going to be one of the teams that's going to be able to facilitate, right? Even though they didn't get things back, I think now they'll start facilitating trying to get draft picks back now. Now they're in the position to get what they consider is capital back. Mm. You know, being able to help facilitate and be one of the teams. So, uh, I, I suspect more teams will start to be more active once you know uh, free agency starts. Well, we're gonna see, and we're gonna be right here with you uh, next week. So make sure you subscribe to the Hoop Genius Podcast, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be back with more. BJ, enjoy your weekend, my brother. I hope you have a good one. Everyone listening, I hope you have a good one as well. Hey, Enjoy hey, Mo, it. Just, and, uh, yeah, just, yeah, Mo, I just want you to, if you, if you need to talk, I'm here over the weekend. I told you, PJ, I told you what I need, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but um, anyway, enjoy. Have a great weekend, my people. Most importantly, get buckets. <laughs>